Brooks and let's get dressed. It's somewhat happy hour with Josh Fest. Thank you for listening to part two of the Somewhat Happy Hour featuring the cast of the Women of Lockerbie. Um, and, and it's, that was just, I was like, this is, this is the kind of, of reaction that is needed sometimes compared to someone sobbing, just being like, where did you get that? That was really nice. I really liked that. Um, I, like I loved that. our costumes, although we were all in layers and layers of clothing, Oh, uh, for Paisley and I were on stage for almost the entire show in like three or four layers of clothing. Real. Yeah. Yeah. I was sweating before the show started. Uh, talk about uh, the working with the show and it being such a, a hard show. You know, it, it was very sad, but we had a lot of fun doing the show. Yes. We had such a great uh, relationship together, the four of us. Uh, uh, we, we all grew really close during the show. I had only worked with uh, mm-hmm. Paisley before. Uh, I technically worked with Aaron, but that not on stage together. Um, but, but this was completely different. Uh, the four of us, we all knew each other, but we never worked together. I remember yes. when the show was cast, I was like, this is a really unique group of actors who I wouldn't have been like, oh it yeah, really let's put these people together and we'll make the show happen. But we had so much fun during rehearsals for, I remember the first few rehearsals, uh, we were all kind of like not knowing where we could joke, what we could say, what we couldn't say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will t- s- tell this unfortunate story that I said during uh, table work. Um, actually, maybe I shouldn't say it because it's a little. Uh, so I'll skip over it. But let's just say I made a very poor choice of hey, words. I'm so curious yeah. now. Wait, yeah, what is the story? Okay. All right. All right. So, so we were. M- we were doing table work, and M asked me, "How does Bill's emotion go during the, his monologue?" And I was like, "Well, it builds up, builds up, builds oh, up, and then just <laughs> blows up." <laughs> and, and I remember thinking, like sweating, and my anxiety had started going, going, "Oh God, why did I say that?" Um, but I remember M giggling at that, and and I remember thinking, "Am I allowed to?" say that like you know because it's you know not something that I, I i don't like um and that after that we started making and you know what? so we needed many to. jokes we needed to uh, do it yeah we like did. we're all really comedically yeah. inclined people let- and um and we just couldn't let ourselves get pushed into the ground by the content we needed to do that to lift no. each other up and i think that's okay sometimes which i think was interesting with the casting because i would say that the four of us are largely comic actors that do more comedies than anything. And we were all put into this drama. And the only one that got to uh, live in the comic world was Aaron. Uh, while the rest of us who are oh, comic yeah. actors were like, well, I have to be serious. I have to be dramatic. We need uh, up and crying yeah, and yelling at each yeah. other. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about what, what you all had decided for Paisley and I during... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that 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 fake story you had put on Bill and and Olive, which was so difficult to not laugh at at some point because Paisley was so in on it, and yeah. there were days where we would say something or 
I remember Dima going, why are they always together? Like they're never apart and they're always sitting together. And there was a scene where we're on the rock and Paisley and I are watching Dima's character, Maddie, jump across the stream. And one day during rehearsal, we're sitting there and Paisley, I had my hands on my lap, Paisley goes in and grabs my head and starts to uh, run her thumb across my hand. And keep in mind, that part of the show, very serious. This was the first time Bill and Maddie had seen each other since the fight. And and I just remember sitting there and looking at Paisley and just shaking my head. I have so many memories of just Paisley and I sitting there and stuff happening. There was one rehearsal where I I remember my stomach <gasps> oh, making the oh, loudest noises. Um, and Paisley just looked oh, at me with like huge yeah. eyes. And, and I was like, stop. Don't look at me. Uh, Aaron, I, there was some, that blo- I remember blocking the scene that the three of us were in and then doing a few other things. There were just moments, small moments where it, it would just cause a laugh or, or you would, one day you used me as a shield and I thought that was the funniest thing. Uh, I don't know. Do you remember that? Are you talking about like the scene with the mop and Darren and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We ran that scene so many times that like yeah, we went we went some pretty crazy places. But also, let let's just not forget that four of us oh my were gosh, speaking we in Scottish accents that. the entire time, and so like so so I'm I'm speaking with Scottish accent. and and there's Darren and Josh speaking like Americans like they normally talk. And, like, we had to keep redoing that scene because I would just start laughing so hard because I had to be, like, Darren had to be so serious and Josh was so, like, solemn in the moment. And there's me swinging a prop mop around the place, speaking in this super loud Scottish accent. Oh, my God. It was the craziest time ever. The the accents. Two of you used accents in the show. Wow. Like, I... I remember standing backstage sometimes going, Locker. Yes! Locker. Like saying, just trying, to be a, just trying to be a part of it. And then I would go on stage going, Maddie, where is our son? Yeah. The most, you know, American compared to everyone else. But that was, and so I remember in the beginning, it was yeah. really hard not to laugh when, when you guys had both started working on it. And, and I remember Dima and I sitting, in, uh, sitting there during you know your your coaching moments with, with uh, the accent and we would just be like well why don't we you know, maybe we should do an accent i remember uh, you saying that demon like we should you know are we british or we you know let's, let's do something different um yeah play it up you know but the accents were so, so necessary to the storytelling george mason is like known for being like let's do a show with accents and everyone speaks american so i was like please oh please my gosh just talk imagine? about pressure yeah. having one month to like perfect an accent i can confidently say i spoke in a scottish accent for an entire month straight of my life that accent i never turned it off i was going to classes and just joking around with it and stuff because it was would it ever just like in in conversation you'd be talking in your in your regular voice and then all of a sudden you'd be like well i can't do a scottish accent thank god i wasn't cast in one of those roles uh but uh Me would it too. ever just randomly and you'd be like oh, I'm so sorry i do accents anyway married. so like giving having an excuse to do one it was the best thing it was the coolest thing. Me too. I feel like now that I put that on my resume, and I feel so awesome. Wait, wait, can you uh, a line? Oh, can you geez. give us a line? I kind of miss. I kind of miss your accents. 
Oh my god, I don't think I remember a yeah. single line. I miss it. Mr. Jones, Mr. Livingston, Lockerbie Scotland, uh, I Mop, like stuff like that. I still do that. Like, I love that accent so much. It was hard though. Like, that's what killed my voice during Lockerbie, was doing that and the diction and the projection. I was Ooh, so scared that I would just walk out on stage and like start a scene and forget to do the accent. And then it's like, well, what now? Is she Scottish? Is she not? Do I continue? Go on with a yeah. completely different accent. I remember this is terrible. Uh, the first few times I heard the accents, I was standing backstage or somewhere, and I would just think no. it's like Shrek. No, they have. And, and, I mean, none of you sounded like Shrek, but that was the first thought in my head. Was I was like, I gotta get someone okay. to say donkey. I have to do it. Um, and I'm sure I did. I probably asked Louisa and, and Rose. Feel any better during callbacks? Uh, I remember everyone going, "If you had the chance to change your oh face over and over again to get the." Oh, yeah. uh, I'm just. I'm so glad I got to. You know, I've never done a show where I had to do a, an accent like that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've done plenty of <laughs> terrible Cockney accents. Haven't we all? Um, so much fun during the rehearsals. The week of the show, tech going into the show, we all. Oh. Got super close. We had a great group chat, uh, just you know, constantly laughing at, at, at <laughs> stuff that might have happened the night before, or you know, anything and everything. And we did something that was legendary an Instagram takeover. The Mason players allow us to do Instagram takeover. I had done one before for Twelfth uh, Night, however, I had filmed everything. And Paisley, I would I would walk over to Paisley Station and be like, can you, you know, make this look nice so it's not just a video of me going, hi, I'm Josh Vest, and I play blah, 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 blah. Because I had done the takeover um, so without right Paisley, before my Instagram yours. Takeover would not. Yeah, and then Aaron had decided, uh, why don't we all do an Instagram takeover? And that was so much fun. Uh, the, the only... The part that just, you know, yeah. I don't know why we did it. I don't know why we thought, oh, this is going to work, was the, the, hi, I'm Josh, and I'm taking over the Instagram. And then Paisley, I thought I was taking over the Instagram. And then Dima sitting at the top, no, I'm taking over the Instagram. And then Aaron popping up. I'm, and then I just all of a sudden, over Instagram. And you can still listen or watch the uh, takeover on the Mason Players Instagram. Uh, it's still mm-hmm. very much there. Uh, and sometimes when I'm sad, I watch it just to laugh uh, at the the goofy stuff we would do. Um, I wish there was more to be seen. I wish you know we had taken the time to record more during rehearsals when we were really just like having. So I mean, we had fun throughout the whole process, but. The times where we were just, you know, we couldn't be serious anymore and we just would goof around for uh, two hours a night. But the, the takeover was so much fun. We, I, so much fun just sitting around and thinking, oh, this would be a good bit. The, like the Dima bit with, with, I was like, Dima, let's, let's do a bit where I'm going to tell you that yeah. you messed up a line. And, and we were both like, okay, okay, let's do it. Let's go. Or, uh, you know. When you asked Khan to go in, to go on for you, and he knew all your lines, that was great. Yeah, a real plug for the <laughs> player's Instagram uh, account. And the closing time. Closing time. Closing time was time. my favorite. We were never in sync with the words. 
No, it never worked. But it was amazing. Such a such a fun thing to do during that weekend of people just sobbing. Like, it was so good. And like, you, have you been watching the takeover? Have you been? Watching? I think that's the We're best part. Is that yeah. People will watch the takeover and they're like, "Oh, this seems like a fun cast and a fun time." And then they see the show and they're like, "Oh my fucking god, I am." Instagram takeover is extremely misleading. <laughs> yeah, really yeah we money back. One of my favorite things I've ever done alongside a show is working on a, that Instagram takeover. Yeah. It was great uh, working with you. Aww. It was so fun. Our little walk. We were the very last show mm-hmm. before the world stopped. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is weird. And it's coming on a, a year ago today. Fun fact. We were starting oh tech my gosh. for the show. Um, I think. I'm pretty sure that's today. I believe uh, it. Because it's late February. So. Wow. Um, Dima's going to fact check. Yeah, I'm yeah. fact checking. Uh, typical Dima, always fact checking me. Yeah, uh, it was definitely kidding. tech or like the week of rehearsals. It was right um, So we're, we're starting to wind down on this somewhat happy hour. And this happy mm-hmm. hour has been very somewhat Mm-hmm. Uh, happy because it's been, it's been somewhat no it's been somewhat happy because the topic itself is not a very uh, the play itself is not a very happy play um, but the the company uh, of actors and storytelling and getting to see each other for the first time since I don't remember the last time we've all talked um, this has just been lovely but there's one more um, thing I want to talk about and it is a little serious. And then I have something that's not serious at all to ask. So we had the privilege to meet Tasso. Uh, and his son, as I said earlier, was on the flight Pan Am 103. Um, he was a student um, at, uh, in a college in New York, I believe. I for- what was the name of the college? Does anyone remember? It was Syracuse uh, University. Syracuse. Yes, yes, yes. Um, oh, Josh. And I remember meeting him. We were told we were going to meet him uh, at the read through two days from then. Uh, And was like, we're going to meet Tosto. And his son was actually on this plane. And I remember the group chat began that night. Texting, like, what are you guys going to ask? Like, what what do we do? Um, I hope, you know, we're not, you know, weird. It's not awkward. And, I remember all of us walking in together to T-Space to meet Tasso, and I don't remember if he was there or not when we walked he in. Was. He was. He was? Oh, that's right. Yes, 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 yes. He was, and you could feel that it wasn't tension, but just like, um, okay. And he, he, he shared his story with us, and it, it, was, it was incredibly moving, and... He was a very nice, uh, very nice man. It was extremely, for me, playing the father in the show, I was like, wow, this, you know, when he told our, his story and we started to really dive into our play, um, I was like, I, it, it, the playwright Deborah Brevoort said there are no, the, the story's not based off of one particular family. Although his story was very, very much like, the story we were going to tell. Uh, and I was like, I think this is about your family, Tasso. I, I really do. I, and I, I felt that way. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, that really helped me as a character or as an actor playing that character. But also it was so 
it wasn't uncomfortable for me, but it was, you know, for, uh, in general, not just the character, but it, it, just meeting someone that is related to this event that we're going uh, to tell. And we weren't even alive when this event happened. So we didn't know anything about this event until we started the show. What were your um, reactions to when hearing the news that Tasso was coming and um, the night we met Tasso? I was way more scared leading up to it. Like when he was actually there, I think the way he told his story was more of a, he's come to terms with it and it's more a hopeful like memory to him instead of being like a, a really depressing thing from like, he more saw it as like, I'm glad I got the time I did get with him. And I think that made us all feel a little bit more comfortable. And like, we didn't have to walk on eggshells the whole time, but leading up to it was a whole different experience. Yeah. Like we had no idea what we were getting into that night. So yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. We, we were all, I mean, I think so scared for that meeting um, because what a unique and ultimately vulnerable or a, a valuable rather vulnerable to experience to meet the subject of the tragedy that we're performing without even knowing if he has seen the show before in previous productions, if he likes it, if he approves of the way that the author chose to tell a story that wasn't hers, um, that, that is his, and that now we're going to attempt to tell. Um, but I think there was something really, really enlightening about sitting with him and letting him tell us his version of the story before we attempted to tell the playwright's version of the story to a large audience who, like us, a lot of them had not even heard about this tragedy before or didn't know much about it. Um, and to be the ones with the responsibility to tell someone else's very, very real story, people who are still living today very much, really brings to light the work of the theater. And um, I think as young actors was a really, really valuable experience for us to just really learn what our job is in such a such a conf confrontational way. I, I cannot stress enough how kind he was to us when he saw the show. Mm -hmm. um, but the night he saw the show was one of the most stressful nights I have ever experienced while in a production. Because... Not only did Tasso come see the show with his family, our playwright, Deborah Brevoort, flew in from New York to teach a masterclass on the women of Lockerbie in a, in a directing class. And she came to see the show that night and we we're doing a talkback with her. Um, I remember walking to class, trying to stay calm. Yep. Uh, but I knew, I was like, oh, Wow. And then we all sat together. We were like, oh, we have to go say hi, uh, which, you know, we all did. Uh, what Dima said. Yeah. Said. Oh, God. No, wait a second. I embarrassed myself saying hi to her. Can we not? Can we? Oh, God. Okay. She goes, sure. What's um, your name? And I said, Madeline Living. She goes, Your name? And I said, Dima Turkamani. I am so sorry. <laughs> oh, God. And she. Do you remember, she said she was the only one that had a copy of the 2020, uh, I think that was a show, 2020, the special that aired um, right. not long after 
And there were lines from that documentary that were set in the show. And we were all like looking at each other, being like, whoa, whoa. And cut to hours later, it's time for us to start getting ready for the show. The The energy in that dressing room was intense. We were all, we had done one show before and we knew how people were reacting. But this was a night where we were all like, this is a big night. Um, although we had already opened, it felt like an opening night because we had the playwright there. I never saw the playwright during the show. I didn't know where she was sitting. But doing the show, I remember thinking in my head, I really hope I don't fuck up any lines or paraphrase or anything. Dear God, that would be terrifying. And then after the show, we had the talk back and I was leaving uh, after the talk back, walking to my car, I don't know where you had all, I think you had already left and I was walking alone and I was like, where did they go? They left me. And I, uh, I was leaving the building uh, before I could get to the door. Tasso stepped in front of me uh, and talked to me and, and I was like, oh, hi, um, thank you for, for coming to the show. And, and he was very nice. And then I talked to the playwright, Deborah Bevoort for a minute. Uh, they were both very nice. And I told him, I was like, yeah, tonight was a very, uh, it was a very intense night backstage because we just wanted this to be a, a great night of theater for all. And and I think we succeeded. I really do. Um, I think we did. Yeah, I think that, I think out of all of the performances, that was my favorite show we did because the, I, it was sold out. Um, so many people we knew were in the audience and it was, it was a special night to perform the play. Paisley, Dima, anyone else have, you know? Uh, comments on that night, that very special night we had. I think it was wonderful. It, it's yeah. hard to ever best, know best when you do a show if it was successful or not, and who can be the judge of that. But to have the writer of the play and the subject of the play both just respond so positively to it was really, really special. And um, I think that as scary or nerve wracking as it might have been, that was such an incredible experience to get to just get down to like the root of the art that we were producing. Um, and like, it just felt like we were all like they were part of our team almost, you know, and they were they were rooting for us and knowing that felt good. They didn't want us to fail. They wanted the story even more than we did to be told with justice and to be told um, with heart. And um, I think that I really do think that we were successful in that just from the way that they received it and from the way that it stuck with our audience. Uh, and this show holds a very special place in my heart as it was my final show at George Mason University. And it was also the only show that was performed during uh, the spring season. Um, there were a few stage readings done, but we were the only show to perform in person with that many people. I remember hearing about COVID before, but you know, not thinking much of it. Uh, and we were the only show to perform. So that holds a very special place in my heart, but also... The show itself is a very special play. It's one yeah. that um, I actually teach in my classes uh, when I talk about Greek theater uh, and historical drama. Um, it's it's a very important show, uh, very important play. Very, you know, the memories I have on that show live on Instagram, so I will see them forever. By far, in my acting career, 
I've had so far. This is my favorite thing I've ever done. It meant so much. And you all were such a dream. And, and I, I hope one day we all get to work together yeah. again. Maybe they'll bring us to Broadway. Um, Let's revive it. <laughs> um, but it, you know, getting the chance to work with all of you as the last group of actors, um, as the only senior in the show, uh, was was such an honor and working with you was such an honor. And um, on that note, to end my podcast, I always ask my guests um, an RQR, and that is a random question round. And my question today, this is, you know, completely random. We've had some heavy topics, so I always want to leave on this on a random question I find mm. online. The question today is, what is the spiciest right, thing you have ever eaten? I have to go first eaten? because I did the like super spicy buffalo wing challenge at a, a wing, like a smaller wing shop, not one of the big chains. And this place went so hard and it was intense. So that's mine. <laughs> Dima? Um, I don't know. I feel like... I eat a lot of spicy things on the daily because I am Arab, so a lot of my food are quite spicy. But I really, you know, that interview. God, I can't remember the name for the life of me. All of a sudden, but on YouTube, there's an interviewer that interviews celebrities. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat the spicy. I hope to be on that one day. That's all I will say. I love that. I can't wait to watch the episode, Aaron. All I can remember is I went out like a month ago to get Thai food. And I ordered like Thai noodles on the medium spice level, and that went hard. Like my throat started closing. <laughs> it was so spicy. Um, <laughs> uh, well, thank you for answering the very <laughs> random question, you all. Thank um, you, and I want to thank you all for coming onto my podcast, the Somewhat Happy thank Hour you. podcast. It was indeed a very somewhat happy hour. Um, and what I want to close with always is, um, I like to cheers my guests, although, you know, the listeners can't see us, uh, or the video, but no matter what, I'd like to cheer, cheers to you all for being such great, great friends. I miss you all. Thank you so much for talking about the show and the, uh, our anniversary of when we performed the show. I love you. And thank you so much for being a part of today's show. Um, and thank you to the listeners for joining us on episode 2.5 of the somewhat happy hour. Thank you to Dima Paisley and Aaron for joining us today on the episode and we will see you soon. Put on your crocs and let's get dressed. It's somewhat happy hour with Josh Vest.